My team and I recently released GreenPath's Learning Lab, featuring online courses and tools. It's free and easy to use. Visit GreenPath's Learning Lab by going to www.greenpath.com slash learning lab. GreenPath believes everyone deserves a chance to pursue their dreams. Take the first step towards yours. I saw Green Path um, and I called and I talked to um, the counselor there and we came up with a plan that I was um, going to call like, you know, he understood it was almost like therapy slash budget counseling. Um, he understood like my fears. Like I got so afraid to pay anything because I was afraid of not having money that I tended to be the one that didn't, that couldn't, I literally could not get the payments in the mail. And so there was a lot of, lot of, lot of stress in our life always. And being able to just say, here, you do it to someone else um, was so much easier. It, it really was a huge sigh of relief for us. And I like literally never want to stop it. I really don't. And I hope I can do it for the rest of my natural life because it's well worth the money. Welcome to episode 16 of Real Stories, Journeys of Financial Wellness. I'm your host, Crystal Lugazima. Today's story features Lauren. Her success is such a great example of the power of persistence. When she initially researched different debt solutions, she did not find an option that met her needs since her situation did not fit the typical mold. She needed more customized advice and support. Thankfully, she eventually found her way to Greenpath and started to turn things around. Let's dive into her inspiring journey. Welcome to Real Stories. So glad you're joining us today. Um, so my first question, I know you had originally reached out to us in the summer of 2018. Could you paint a picture of your finances for me in the years leading up to this? And okay. like, what was you and your husband's approach back then? Well, um, if I was going to paint a picture, I have to use a lot of black because it was extremely bleak. We're both children of seven in the family, seven children. And so obviously, you know, like we, our, our parents didn't have money. They certainly didn't have money to budget, you know. So we were never given that education. Um, and we struggled and struggled and struggled. Um, we, we had uh, lots of plans and lots of budgets. And I, would, I actually had done some budget counseling with um, FEMA a long, long, long time ago before I met my husband and I um, had just gotten divorced. And I always tried to use that formula that they said to use. Um, we did the in and out. We still actually do that. Like, what is the paycheck coming in or the money coming in? And where is the money going out? And, um, you know, doing the adding and subtracting. But it would never, ever work. Something would happen. You know, somebody would immediately need shoes or, you know, and it really didn't take much to, to throw us completely off balance. Um, another thing was that we were both kind of anxious people. 
And I think that it's important to know who you are financially. So we knew that we were like one false move and, you know, we could not recover. You know, it wasn't like somebody needed a $5 something for school and we could go, okay, there's $5 and move along. It would throw us completely and the entire budget would be out the window. So there was a lot of cycling of, you know, guilt and feeling bad about ourselves. Um, we, at one point in our life, were pretty destitute. Um, I was basically shopping at the food pantry. So when we moved back, we were actually in Gloucester for 10 years. And when we moved back, um, other it was just like, you know, you couldn't believe this was true if it wasn't happening to you. My husband got a job. We rented a house for a year because we didn't know where we wanted to be. And there was a farm that we were really interested in. And my husband got a job that everything was going to be fine. Day we signed the papers, he gets a notice from the um, job that he hadn't even just started. He was literally the next day that they weren't going to pay him what they said they were going to pay him. We can't afford this mortgage payment. So literally from the day we signed on our farm, um, we were in trouble. And uh, he ended up getting another job, probably about maybe three months into it. But um, we were we were behind already in, with the mortgage, with everything. Um, I'm disabled. So Mass Rehab actually gave me money to start it as a farm. They gave me some money for tools and things like that. And I was going to try and make money by selling, you know, jams and jellies and, and that sort of thing. Um, never, nobody ever bought anything for me, which was just like bizarre. Um, my husband got a really good job, but we were behind, but we were working with like the electric company and the mortgage company. And um, it's just that we didn't have the money to do these deals that we would do. Like I said, I mean, on paper, they'd be like, you have plenty of money. And we'd be like, yeah, I don't know where it goes. So it was hell for 10 years. And eventually we, I mean, we lost the farm. Um, and by that time we were both just emotionally done. We were just done. I just, I didn't, I just couldn't handle the animals anymore, the physical stuff. My husband was just exhausted physically, emotionally. And so we rented a house for um, a year. We were actually considering doing rent to own because we knew what we needed to do to fix it. But for some reason, the landlord didn't want to do that. Um, so my husband's cousin had this place that we're living in now. And um, we came and we saw it. We made a deal with him on the rent. We would do some work on the inside. And that would um, sort of make up for the difference in what they wanted for rent and what we could afford. And so it was during that time, oh, it was like literally the day we moved into this place, my husband got laid off. I mean, it was just like, you know, who is up there laughing at us? Like, you know, am I Job? Um, it just was really devastating, but I'm good in a crisis. I can't like do a tiny thing in my day that like gets undone, but give me a crisis and I'm your gal. So my husband was doing some side work um, while he was trying to find a job. And turns out that he started working for his cousin doing carpentry. So when we started having money again, we started obviously trying to budget and get back on track. We were actually paying less than we were supposed to be paying in mortgage. So we thought, okay, we'll have more money to be actually be able to do the budgeting. And it wasn't working. And then lo and behold, I don't even know where I saw it. I might've been looking for like online budget counseling. And I saw Green Path. Um, 
and I called and I talked to um, the counselor there and we came up with a plan that I was um, going to call. Like, you know, he understood it was almost like therapy slash budget counseling. Um, he understood like my fears. Like I got so afraid to pay anything because I was afraid of not having money that I tended to be the one that didn't, that couldn't, I literally could not get the payments in the mail. Um, my husband, on the other hand, was like payment happy and he'd pay everybody and everybody and everybody and leave us with no money. And then it would be like, oh, well, you know, you can make it work. So it was just like this craziness. And I think we did it like that. Or so I, I would call the guy um, the Thursday before my husband got paid because he was paid every other week. And we would sit down, we'd do the budget and it worked a couple of times. But because of the two really varying financial uh, personalities of my husband and I, it just was like going nowhere fast. So I finally just said, you know what? If we mess up one more time, I'm, we need to do this system where you pay them and they help you. Um, and my husband agreed. So we messed up, you know, the next time. And we got in touch again. And I um, had the conversation be after work when my husband could be there so he could hear how it was all going to work because, you know, it's really necessary to have everybody on the same page. Um, and we started doing it. And within a year, we had had this, we had this electric bill from the farm that was like $3,000, never went down. I had been paying them about $200 for about, say, five years. But within a year of working with Greenpath, that whole $3,000 debt was gone. It was, and I mean, we were like, well, how did it work for you? And, you know, it didn't work for us. Um, we had other debts that were gone and we actually had money um, in the bank to towards buying a house and his cousin offered us um the opportunity to do rent to own in the house that we're in um and we really liked it and the price was good so it really offered us the opportunity to to get that going right before you reached out to green path for the first time i think you mentioned that you had found it online you found yeah. out about green path online right um <clears throat> like what were your your thoughts like were were you at your wits end because as you said like you talked to us and then you got the counseling but you didn't necessarily go forward with a formal plan right away which is right. which is uh, something that does uh, often happen yeah so like what kind of what was like your 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 thought process at the time when you had first encountered green path and, and saw the services I was, available i was pretty sad you know i mean i just you know, you get to a point in your life when you're just like, I need to not be living like this anymore. The hand to mouth stuff, you know, it's just, it gets old very fast. Um, you feel like you're not a real person and, and like, you feel like, um, you shouldn't have nice things. You shouldn't go out to dinner. Like you should not do the things that other people do. We had no credit cards. I mean, no one would give us one, thank God. Um, and our credit was like, you know, crap. Um, but it really does a number on your head. So by the time, uh, you know, my husband had gotten um, laid off um, and we bought a house. So we just moved into this place and here we go again. It's the same story. And I just was really, I was at my wit's end. We couldn't get any assistance for anything, but we couldn't make our, um, our bills. Um, 
thank God rent was actually being taken out of my husband's paycheck. So we had a very small number that we were dealing with. And I just got really tired of um, never always robbing Peter to pay Paul and never feeling like we had any right to buy a nice thing or to have a birthday present or, you know, I was just fed up with feeling like that. And um, I kept thinking, well, if I could get it going, because I was sort of the, I was the one that was doing the finances at that time. Um, if I could find some counseling for me, then I could have support and I could maybe just get us on an even keel. And it wasn't like I was hiding it, but I wasn't going to tell my husband until I had it going because I needed to be able to formulate it and get it set in my own mind um, before you add in another person to it. But, you know, pretty much. And it was actually probably the third time I had spent time on the computer looking for um, budget counseling. And so that was like your your initial goal was just let me just create a plan. It wasn't necessarily to have like a formal payment plan. It was really around like, let me just get my finances in general in order. Right. And, I, and I did see that your counselor at the time, I was looking at some of the notes and there was a very detailed uh, plan for like each paycheck, like the next four paychecks, right. uh, here's, here's how you may divvy it up. Um, so I'm imagining that that was something that was kind of setting yourself up for, um, how you might manage things on your own. Like did, did a plan like that work or is that why you eventually returned for the more formal plan through us? Well, it's funny when you said setting yourself up, my first thought was for disaster um, because it basically is what happened. And part of it, you know, is completely, uh, part of it is because of the two financial personalities and they're, we're polar opposites. Um, and part of it was because I didn't, I mean, I kind of said, I'm doing this budget counseling thing and I'm talking to this guy. Um, and it kind of, you know, my husband's like, okay, I don't have to think about it because I am not a financial guru. Um, at this time, that's what we called whoever was the one handling it. Um, and, but I did have it in my head that I was only giving myself a short amount of time to see if I could get my head around being able to do it as just a budget. Um, I knew that it wouldn't really go over well with my husband to tell him that um, I was going to be handing somebody money to be helping us because he actually, uh, um, sidebar, I met him because he was the bill collector on my um, ex-husband's truck. And when we split, we each got $4,000 of debt. And so my husband was actually the bill collector and he'd call me and I'd be like, it's not your month. This month I'm paying the mortgage. See me next month. And he ended up, uh, we ended up dating and his boss was like, you can't be dating a debtor. So he took a, like a work loan out and paid off my debt. And, um, you know, we lived happily ever after. I, it was um, funny. I actually, uh, yeah, I, I had a question about handling debt collectors. So this just puts a new spin on it. <laughs> I was taught. I, I mean, before I met my husband and would tell him, you know, I'm up to my eyes in plaster of Paris because I was running a family daycare. I can't talk to you right now. Call me back later. Um, obviously, I had great amounts of um, experience talking to debt collectors, which was basically, well, you can't get blood from a stone. So, you know, do your worst. I, you know, whatever. Um, after I met him, 
I learned a few key phrases and I would say to them, you don't need to be mean to me. You know, like I'm telling you the truth. I have no money. I'm eating diet pills and popcorn so I can buy food for my kids. You know, I'm not getting the right child support. So whatever you got to do, do it. You know, Um, I also wasn't well. So I was struggling with a lot of stuff. So by the time we got to this part of the program, I had really, really decided that I wasn't, there was just nothing that was going to make me live like that anymore. I too old. I did not want to be struggling my entire life financially. So we would sit down and I started calling them the finance committee meeting. Um, we have since added a few committees uh, and, and really because of using green path, I now have the planning committee um, and community development. So we run our house like it's a town and I'm the mayor. Um, and so we started having financial committee meetings and it was literally to go over not just what bills were going to be paid that week, um, but who was going to do it. And, you know, like sometimes it was me that I would have to drop him off to get the card. I was supposed to go do the banking. It was like, it was the worst experience in my world. I could not like get myself to the bank to do it. It took every ounce of energy I had to actually go do it. Um, so we would always try to set things up so it would be automatic. Like, so it's like out of our hands. We don't, we don't need to worry about anything. Um, Is that kind of the secret to the success working with Green Path was just the fact that, because just for, for our listeners here, your, your program's a little different <clears throat> than some of the other programs that we have in the sense that uh, I know you have, as you said, you don't have like active credit card no. bills on there. It's a combination of a few older collection accounts. Yeah. But then also your recurring bills for some of your utilities, right? Right. So something we call a full service DMP. W- was that a transition? I mean, I, I guess you crave something automatic, but was that kind of uh, challenging in any way of just kind of the change in sort of handing off uh, control over the, the bill payment there, or did it just make it easier? Yeah, I don't really think it was so much um, a feeling like, you know, handing over. It was almost like, here, you have it, you know, like throwing it at them and, and going, okay, don't throw it back. Um, it was a huge sigh of relief. I mean, both of us were dealing with health issues. And so there was a lot, a lot, a lot of stress in our life always. And being able to just say, here, you do it to someone else um, was so much easier. It, it really was a huge sigh of relief for us. And I like literally never want to stop it. I really don't. And I hope I can do it for the rest of my natural life because it's well worth the money. It is. And like I said before, when you know who you are financially, that that is paramount to whether or not you're going to succeed at which kind of program you need to use. Because um, if you're a person who's terrified of letting money go for whatever reason, you, you know, you need to be able to work your head around that and find some way of accommodating that. So for us saying, um, no, you guys deal with this um, was kind of the best of both worlds. We were going to be learning how to budget and how to be living within, you know, X amount of dollars. And we had um, the glorious blessing of that fall when I called the oil company, 
I have never in my 30 years of being married, never called an oil company and said, fill her up. And we had $1,800 in the account for the oil. And that's all I did all winter long was fill her up, fill her up, fill her up. And the year before, there was a lot of stuff wrong with the house. It was not insulated well. And the furnace almost killed us literally. Um, and, and I literally was buying oil every other week. And that was our food. And so I found a program. I'm really good at advocating for myself. I found a program that did an $11,000 free insulation job on our house. Um, the furnace, like I said, literally almost killed us Christmas day. So we had a brand new furnace. Um, so I had really worked on a couple of components and then coupling that with green path, I was able to say, fill her up all winter long. And that was taking care of like your base, um, your basic needs does so much for your mental health. It really does. It, yeah. That's what it really seems like in the past, the, the day-to-day minutia, but also you know, necessities of life was getting most of your mental and physical attention, right? And then, so with that taken care of, it, it kind of freed you up to, you're mentioning the planning committee and things like that, just to to think, to know, okay, the necessities are taken care of. I can, I can plan for bigger and better things, whether that's filling the oil tank or planning to, to buy land. In fact, I, I posted on Facebook but then I thought to myself, I just like told the entire world that watches my page um, that we were like sorely in debt, that we were like financially, you know, um, struggling. And who does that? And then I thought, well, yeah, I do. Um, it's already been done. Um, and my husband didn't really have a problem with it. And like I said, nobody mentioned it, but I wanted people to know. It's like anybody ever, ever has a need to do something in their financial life. I have the that little round thing that the lifeguards throws to you. Um, talk to me about it. And I have talked to people, you know, I've talked, I've talked to people in the bank. I've talked to people at um, stores that have either said something about struggling or like people like at the tellers at the bank, um, it's, you know, they talk about people struggling and I'm like, Oh, you know, people that are struggling. Well, let me tell you what to, what to tell them. You had spoken about um, how having that that kind of peace of mind of having the structure of a payment plan contributed to your mental health. Um, I think in the notes, one of the things I had read is you had expressed that it also had an impact on your physical health. Uh, is there any connection that, that you wish to share related to that? I, I don't enjoy good health ever. Um, so I'm always like struggling with something. And this was like literally having one of the hugest components of my struggles removed from me. And we, and I thought my husband wouldn't want to do it because he would feel like, um, like guilty that he couldn't handle things. I know that I often felt guilty um, about not being able to make that budget work. You know, here I am the one saying, you know, I made a budget, I made a budget. And my husband's always saying, well, we have to spend less. I'm like, if we spent any less, you, you know, I don't, I don't even know how that would work because we don't spend money. Um, so there was a lot of things that kind of happened. And one of them was giving that 
that um, control of the opportunity to mess up every other week um, away to somebody who actually knew what they were doing. Um, we didn't look at it as like a, a hit to our egos. We looked at it as a huge blessing. Um, and that started its own little trickle down that, you know, I wasn't um, freaking out. My husband wasn't freaking out. It did take us probably, I would say the rest of that year to learn how to communicate um, financially. Uh, and we, it's, he thinks it's funny when I shake his hand, but after we have a financial committee meeting that nobody get anxious during, I always shake his hands and say, thank you. It was nice doing business with you. Um, it really, you know, it, it gave me the opportunity to go, wow, your thing is that you will put spend lots of money, even though he's the one saying not to. And my thing is that I literally have to be like, get to the bank. Um, and he went, yeah. So it was like, you know, insight over insight. And, and it really, it made it better for us. It made a lot of things better, but our financial um, angst was, uh, it was pretty well under control. So, so it's really a matter of just the, uh, before having the structure in place is that the stress from dealing with this was also affecting your physical health. Oh, yeah. And so with oh, yeah. that stress removed, it was beneficial to your physical yeah. health. It was. And I think it helped my husband as well, because, you know, you know, he was the one that was going out every day to earn the pennies. Um, but I was the one that made them squeak, pick up every single penny I found on the ground. Um, once I paid for a vacation with pennies I found on the ground. <laughs> so. Um, no, no, no. We can't let that slide. Um, <laughs> do tell. My kids, my kids were so embarrassed, but. Um, we had been paying, we had this like little thermometer on the refrigerator. And I don't, I think we were going to the Poconos um, the year after um, we got married and we had a baby. Um, so it was like, yeah, it was like a year and a half after um, that. And so I would have like this little red mark that the kids could color in as we got X amount of dollars saved and, and put away for this thing. And we were about $30 shy. And uh, it was like the year before, you know, and we were, we were getting there, but it was slow going because, you know, it was, we had four kids and, and we were poor. Um, and so I started picking up pennies on the ground and the kids would be like, mom, and I'd be like, no, you know, who throws away money? Could you have a enough money that you can throw it away? A penny is a penny, you know, and they, they would just be mortified that I would be doing that. Um, but what I did was I kept them in a jar and, you know, we tossed in other change that we had found and things like that. It wasn't just pennies. And by the time that we were almost ready to go, um, I, we went and cashed them in. I had the kids with me because I wanted them to see this whole cycle. And we had like $32 and it really didn't impress them. Um, you know, they were still like, Ooh, you know, you're just so embarrassing. Um, but I was like, it, I mean, I still do it. And then since Sheldon started going penny, penny, um, every time you see a penny, my husband goes penny. <laughs> and I have him doing it now too. And since- and Marco, I think it's like the intention, right? It's not, yes, $32 is, is yeah. helpful, but just kind of being mindful about you know, an intentional. With right, because money doesn't grow on trees. And, you know, I mean, it actually was like the first part, the first chapter of my book was like, 
you know, if you want something, don't go into debt to get it. I've actually taught my kids that um, my youngest is 24. And this spring, this well, it's past spring, he bought a house. And um, it was kind of funny because I said to him when they were, somebody else was looking at it. And I said, why don't you guys write a letter to the owners and tell them what your plans are? Tell them like who you are and what your plans are. And he's like, I don't know if I have time to do that because, you know, he's 24 and I still don't know anything. Um, and then he said to us, we got the house. I said, awesome. He goes, I think it was the fact that I decided that we should write a letter to the owner. <laughs> and I let him finish. I'm like, really? That's an awesome idea. <laughs> you know, but um, I, I've seen them with their penny jars. And I've seen them. You know, I've said to them, you know, if I want something and I can't afford it, is there something around the house that I could sell? that I'm not using anymore or, you know, get a penny jar. And they've all said to me, I have one, you know, Funny. And they mocked it. And yet there they are now. Oh, yeah. now I, we were talking earlier, you had showed you have uh, an envelope where you use an envelope system. So can you just speak to um, when you started using that and kind of like what's worked about it, what's been a challenge around it? It was a real challenge. We actually have not been able to, had not been able to use it exclusively until I would say about maybe before Christmas. Um, I mean, we tried to, and I just kept thinking, but we need all of this money ahead of time. We needed, you know, in order to get the money in there for like the life insurance, which is paid quarterly, um, you know, your normal brain would be like, no, I don't have to put that in now. I just paid it. Um, it took us a really long time to be in a financial position that when the paycheck came in, we weren't so behind on stuff, um, that we didn't have like that extra money. We were like still paying it as it was coming in. One of the biggest reasons to do this was so that we would not feel like scum dog less than normal people, because you really do feel like you are not a real person and you don't have the same rights as other people. And, and that weighs on your heart and it weighs on your mind. And it hit, he hadn't really known that those were being paid. So it was easy for him to slide back. So we had to have a, a, an emergency meeting of the financial committee. And um, so I could just remind him that, you know, this is why we did this. This is who we don't want to be anymore. And we made these debts you know, we have to take care of them. Um, and it was, you know, it's like a wake up kind of call for him to remember that that's who we are, because it's almost like, you know, you don't even, you don't even notice you're sliding back in, but doing it the way we've done it, it, you are required to take care of your life. So while we're getting some assistance, we're also not getting a free ride or like somebody else, you know, um, taking care of our business for us. And having to pay certain bills, you have to learn how to do it. And you have to have the discipline to do it. Um, and that was, uh, I, and that has kind of also been that friendly ball that rolls in the right direction. One of the things you mentioned earlier is being in the position to, to fill up uh, the tank during the winter with oil. Has there been other benefits when it comes to being able to maintain your your home with this yeah. this new approach and plan oh absolutely um you know like i said we we were scrimping and saving all summer long um because we were 
putting down the down payment for the house. Um, and so there was like this checkbox of things that were like, okay, that is going to need to be replaced, you know, because things would break down and the general running of a house, things we had wanted. Um, we, we purposely, purposefully gave up our like Mother's Day and Father's Day Valentine. Um, we didn't go out as much, you know, we put less in the funsies envelope. Um, and so of course, you know, by the time that we bought the house, there was the list of things that needed to be replaced was kind of long. Um, but we, um, we were able to start a savings program. Um, there were things that we wanted to do with the house. We need to redo the kitchen. We need to redo the bathroom. Both of those are like hugely um, expensive jobs. And um, we want our, we had a goal that I never thought would happen. And we want to buy a piece of land somewhere. And, you know, the only caveat is that it has to have water. I don't care if it's a brook. I don't care if it's a creek. But we actually were able to start a savings account. And I use Ally because it's online and it takes, you know, a couple of days to get your money. So you're, you know, you really have to think, do you want it? Is it necessary? Um, and we have an account set up for um, doing the things that we want to do, the house, the green, the, we want to do a greenhouse, the kitchen, or the bathroom. Um, and we decided we had the luxury of deciding that we will wait until we have all the money. We'll do um, a scope for the job and um, know how much that is. We, it's our date night. We go to Home Depot and price tile um, and things like that. And then we proceed to start saving the money for it. And that's what we've been doing. And we have $100 in our land account. So it's been, you know, I mean, we're not hurting. We're not, you know, tightening our belt. It's actually weird that a couple of weeks ago, we looked in the Funzies account. We were like, oh my gosh, we have like $120 in here. Um, so what do you want to do? And we it's like, kind of oh, liberating, right? Just to know like you've been yeah. intentional about it and you can spend this money now. Free, essentially. Right, right. So we were like, oh, let's go out to dinner. And we're like, okay, but. When we go where we go, what was the last bill? So we'd know how much, you know, approximately we would need to use from the funds account. And then he was tired. He's working extra jobs to, to also fund this. But um, I said, you know what? You're too tired to go. I don't want to go. Well, why don't we go to uh, breakfast on Sunday? So we took the funds money, went out to breakfast, and then we hit up to estate sales. And we were like, look at that. It's just like having choices. Like you were saying, like, you know, being able to decide what we want to do or that we don't want to do anything. And, you know, being able to say, well, we didn't really know what to do when one of our envelopes had more money in it than it should have. So now we added an envelope for Ally and anything that's left over, we can, we have a, a planning committee meeting on it. We decide, is there something we want to put it towards now? Do we want to save it or do we want to divvy it up into different areas? And um, you know, we get to our goals faster that way. You know, we're almost, I wanted $3,500 for the greenhouse because we have to do some foundation work to make it stay up. Um, and we're just about there. I'm hearing, so the, the, the purchasing the land is, is, is one of your, your next goals that you have. It, it, are you seeing that as a way to just have the land for itself or are you planning to, to build on it or yeah, we just want we just want land that nobody can build on 
Um, we we both do like um, we both like like those survival things. So we would like to be able to to play on the land, and it's basically so we we have it. And I think to us, it's going to be like the cherry on the top of the Sunday that we we have um, tackled our financial ghosts. And we have uh, survived them and have become victorious. And we have reached the ultimate goal that we always wanted to have. You and your husband have evolved into how you um, jointly uh, approach your, your money management. There can be different roles, of course, where one of you might be dealing with more day-to-day type of things. But I think to your point, kind of like the planning aspect of it, the communication aspect of it, even if one person is more hands-off, it is such a vital thing for mm-hmm. that communication to, to happen. Because, so you could be pulling in the same direction. Right. I mean, yeah, it's like being yoked to oxen. And it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's your finances, the raising of the children or what. If, you know, if you're not both pulling in and at the same time, then you're not going to go anywhere. And it's going to be frustrating. I mean, even now we have more less anxious or no anxiety filled financial um, committee meetings than we ever did. Um, And a lot of that is because, you know, you don't, I don't think you mean to like blame each other, but you're just so frustrated and so frightened about, you know, where are you going to stand? I hated having to go to the food pantry, hated it. And he was the financial wizard at the time. And I was standing in the kitchen and the lights went out. I called Mass Electric and they were like, we shut you off. And so I called my husband at work and said, so I'm thinking like if ever, if the lights get shut off, um, I want to be the financial wizard again. And he said, all right. I said, then bring me all the the bills, Um, which was like a wake up call for him to go, okay, this is who I am financially. And for me to go, okay, I see who you are financially and not want to kill him for it and not have him want to kill me for who I was financially. It was just, you know, it's almost like you have to remember that you like each other and that you love each other and you're married on purpose. And, you know, and this is a thing. And because we're a team and because there is no out, you know, we don't think divorce is an out when you take that off the table, you got to work harder that, you know, we had to find a way of going. You look at that person and go, you know, what? I married you because I love you. Bottom line is I love you. And it's my part of my job to help you be and it's part of your job to help me be so you have to stop like fighting each other on who you really are and then then you you go at it as two people on the same team and you want the same thing and he doesn't really like to have the financial committee meetings because he's tired and he often does side jobs um but I'm like I don't care if it's five seconds before you go to bed because we always have a notebook that's dedicated for it um And I think that's another huge part of it is you have to find a way to be organized and you have something that you can go back to. It sounds from hearing you that like from a mindset standpoint that you've not that we all don't have room for improvement or whatever, but that you've you've gotten to a good place Um, at the time that you're and again, I don't think it's it's a ton, but the, the collection debt that you're paying down once that's paid off. Will you feel any differently or is that mindset shift already happened? We're actually still have a goal. We're working towards um, some medical bills that need to be paid down. And we're working towards knowing 
and this is next month, knowing what the appointments are going to be so that they can be budgeted and put in the proper envelope. So I'm actually handing cash off at the doctor's appointment. I think it's a, it's a lifelong change, but it also, as everything else evolves with you, and you have to be sort of willing to, um, to meet that change, meet that evolution and, and continue doing it instead of going, you know, no, we're here and that's where we're staying. And, you know, we don't need to do anything else um, because the amounts that are going to come back from those two debts really isn't that significant. Um, and what I said to my husband was, you know, for let's like for the first three months until, you know, you're really ensconced in this job, let's make believe the raise didn't happen. And let's put that money away in ally and, you know, we'll get to the greenhouse goal faster or we'll be able to be really start say, um, saving for the kitchen or the bathroom. Um, and we can actually do that. And that's never happened for us. So it's so many choices that are given to you. And, and if I kind of get like messed up, we have a deal, you know, like, like he's getting his last paycheck from his cousin's construction business. And and it's all probably happening around the first of the month when my social security comes in, which is our extra spending. And oh my gosh, we're going to have like, you know, oodles of money. So we have a deal that we're not going to get all starstruck with dollar signs in our eyes. We go out to dinner on maybe like an unscheduled one, but then the rest of the money goes to Ally until we know what we're doing with it. So we don't get like all flustered and because we know we, we will tend to get flustered. This way, it's nowhere near us. And we can't get our grubby little mitts on it until we've decided, you know, where it's going to go. And, and that's another cool thing is, you know, I know we talked about an envelope system, but one of the cool things about having an online savings account is that it becomes basically a virtual envelope system right? where you can have right. different savings accounts or buckets, even in the case of Ally for different things. Um, now, with that all said, uh, does anything money related currently keep you up at night? Not anymore. Um, and I literally, literally, I mean, part of my um, health issue was uh, chronic fatigue. And it doesn't help if you're not sleeping because you're trying to figure out how to put oil in the tank. And I would literally say to myself at two o'clock in the morning, you can't call the oil company. So you may as well go to sleep. So you're awake when they are um, because it would. And how was I going to feed the kids? And, you know, I was always the one that ate the crappy uh, food pantry food because my husband and I kind of something from when I was growing up, I was one of the three little ones out of the seven. And um, my mother would always give the three little ones orange juice and my father the orange juice because he was going to work and the three little ones were, you know, the three little ones. Um, and that was something that I did as well. I made sure that he and my kids had the best food before I did. Um, and I, I, I grew up cooking from scratch, so it made it easier because I wasn't buying cookies. I was making them. Um, you know, I, I could take a bag of potatoes and make 10 meals out of it and no one would go hungry. And that was my big thing is I didn't want anybody to go hungry. And, you know, that was very important to me. So my next question is about advice. And so aside from calling Green Path, what advice do you have for someone who's experiencing financial stress? Um, well, 
If you're a single person, talk to yourself. I think talking to yourself is underrated and we do it anyhow. So we may as well just admit it and make it constructive um, and find out who you are financially. What is your financial personality? Are you a spender or a saver? Um, do you, and, and what are your goals? What are your wants? Is it just to make it through the end of the week with still having 10 bucks in your pocket? Or do you want to go buy land? Um, and then slow your roll. If, if make a rule for yourself that even before you start doing anything else, that when you start getting flustered, you stop and sit and then get a notebook. I, and my kids do notebooks. Anything that's coming up, you have a notebook for. And you write down the problem and you're, you know, brainstorming with yourself. If you're in a marriage or in a partnership, um, you know who each other is. And you have that conversation, not when you're mad and not when you're pointing fingers and saying, you know, the lights got shut off. Um, you buy too many people magazines. Um, when everybody's happy, then and schedule it. So it's not, you know, you know, jumping at someone and going, we're going to have a talk uh, because that never ends well. Um, but schedule it and everything has to come from a, a, a place of love and respect and remembering that, like I said before, you know, you look at the person that you're just about to argue with and you go, oh yeah, I married you because I loved you. Um, so I'm going to be kind to you. I'm going to treat you the way I would treat a stranger on the street. And and know who each other is. So if, you know, your partner says to you, you like to spend, don't get all defensive and go, do not. You just go, yeah, that's who I am. I mean, the truth is the truth and we all know what it is, but it can be said with kindness and it can be said, okay, I'm the spender, you're the saver. What is our goal? Write it on the books. And then how are we going to get there? And if you need help, ask for it. And if you need more help, ask for it. Um, there was a time that I thought like I could only ask for so much assistance, um, like around the FEMA time, but it was like two years later and I was in a pickle again and they did come out and, you know, kind of hmm, give me that look, but they helped me. And so you have to put your ego away. This is about attaining the goal and whether it's having money for groceries every week or buying land, it's all a goal. And it doesn't do anybody any good and it doesn't make you faster to your goal if there's animosity or there's shame or, you know, you're beating yourself up over it. It's just life and it's just money. And yeah, those are important things, but they're not the be all and end all. And if the creditors are calling you, don't answer the phone. But if, the, if you decide to. Unless it's your future it, husband, right? Yeah, yeah. You never know. It could be your future right. husband. Um, but, you know, you uh, go towards every part of it, almost like it's a business. Like, I'm not kidding about the notebook. I like five um, subject notebooks because there's usually five subject to every subject. And when you talk to somebody on the phone, you even when I talk to, to Greenpath, I always note it in the financial notebook that I talked to this person at this time on this day. And that way, you know, you can flip through the notebook and go, yeah, to talk to Bob at 1035 on the 4th. Um, and it helps you. It helps you feel more organized. You're in more control, especially if you're calling somebody because there's a problem 
like, you know, you can't make your payment on um, your electric and you need to set up another payment program. By being able to do that, you're putting yourself in a position of control. And that's what drives everybody's crazy train is not having control and being afraid or being afraid of losing control. Um, and as many things as you can do to set up what works for you to get to that control, whether it's a notebook, whether it's names and dates, um, whether it's working on a budget counseling, doing like a little form that you find online or ultimately calling someone and going, uncle, I'm, I'm, I'm crying uncle. Um, people feel better when they have steps that they can take even if it's the tiniest step. And to me, that was what it, how it started. The tiniest step was me deciding in the kitchen, in the middle of the day, middle of the week, not even near payday that I had had it and that I knew he wasn't going to really, I didn't think he was going to like it. I was surprised because when I approached my husband and said, I've been calling this, I called this place and I'm going to call him before you get paid and we're going to make out a budget. He's like, okay. Like, all right. And when I said, okay, well, we stink at this still. So we're going to take the next step. He was like, oh, thank goodness, which surprised the heck out of me. So you may be surprised at a conversation you have with somebody you think that they're going to answer you one way and they're just as sad and, and, you know, desperate as you are. And then even if you're pulling at the same time, if you're pulling the same sadness, you're still pulling together. A short while ago, you talked about the power of talking to yourself. So I'm going to pose a question where you get to talk to your former self. So if you picture uh, where you've come now and imagine having a conversation with your former self at some moment in time where you're at a low when it came to your stress around money, what would you tell yourself now that you've kind of come through? To keep looking, because I had called different places. Because we didn't have $10,000 of credit card debt, um, we were not eligible for anything. So, and, and don't despair, because things happen when they're supposed to happen. And, and I really believe that. Um, I'm Christian, and I know that I'm not the one that's got, you know, the ultimate control over my life. Um, and just trust, because... Even if you have to sort of stay the course and the course is bad, you know, staying the course and still trying, I would tell myself to just keep going, keep trying, keep looking, because eventually you're going to find that bit of assistance that you need. And, you know, I mean, before I found Green Path, I had actually found like a couple of other ones that were just like not going to work. And again, because we didn't have the same kind of debt. It wasn't going to work. So if I had just given up and just went, whatever, it's like, you know, this is like the 15th time I've tried to find counseling over 23 years. Um, it just doesn't exist for people like us. I kept going and just like literally the next week sat down. And I was like, all right, this is it. I'm going to just try one more time. And I found Green Path. So, you know, you can't give up and don't feel like, you know, you're not a person uh, because you may, you are a person, but you may be a person who needs to hone their discipline or needs help or needs to get their partner 
pulling in the same direction, but you're still a person and you still deserve. I always used to say to my kids, you know, and they were like, oh, it's, it's my right. I'm like, no, your rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. It's not to have a hundred dollars sneakers, you know, um, that, you know, yeah, you deserve to have, and I hate the word deserve. I really can't stand that word. Um, but you do deserve life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And you deserve to feel like a real person with in within whatever means that means. Um, but no, you don't deserve a hundred dollars sneakers. You want them. And if you want them, find out where you, how you can get them. Cause there is always a way there is. Wise words. Thank you, Lauren. We appreciate your time with us today. I wish you continued success uh, as you continue your journey working with us. And I, I just really appreciate you um, sharing your story, not just with me, but with all of our listeners out there who I'm sure uh, have parts of themselves or can hear parts of themselves in what you shared. So thanks again for, for joining us today. Well, thank you. I now have to go and find out what milestone I just reached because I got an email today and one the other day saying that we had reached milestones. So I need to go find out what they are. But thank All you right. for having Appreciate the opportunity, hopefully to help someone. In our surveys, we've heard that our listeners love practical money tips. One of my favorite parts of sharing stories like Lauren's is how useful tips are organically shared as one tells their story. I picked out five tips from her story, and I bet you could find more. Tip one, she talked about how she scheduled financial committee meetings with her husband. This underscores the importance of communication, and not just when there's conflict, but proactively. And for those managing their finances solo, she advocated for talking to yourself. As she said, we all talk to ourselves anyway, so we might as well embrace it. Tip two, she was able to take advantage of a program her utility company offered to pay for insulation. Programs like this are definitely worth investigating since they could reduce your heating or electric bills. Tip three, she talked about picking up pennies. While the pennies themselves may not add up to much, it's a nice reminder of the importance of having a focused mindset. I'd be willing to bet she was able to keep her spending under control during this time. Tip four, she talked about using an envelope system, both for everyday cash expenses and similarly creating savings buckets for upcoming goals. She also acknowledged that it was much harder to use an envelope system when she was playing catch up. So that's a good reminder that having patience can be so crucial as you're changing financial habits. Speaking of patience, tip five, she had so much trouble finding outside support to help manage her debt, but she kept looking and eventually found Greenpath. Of course, Greenpath may not be the right long-term solution for everyone, but we are able to help to brainstorm ideas and provide resources. Well, that's a wrap on episode 16. Special thanks to Hero for our theme song. A quick request, would you be willing to share your thoughts about this in future episodes? To complete our audience survey, please see the show notes or visit www.greenpath.com slash real stories and click on the purple Take the Survey button. Here's hoping each of you enjoy your journey of financial wellness as much as your destination. Welcome back, Hero.